0: and your tweets at Aldrin St. Pierre. Our studio line is 086-000-2032. We're in conversation next with Professor Ramnik uh, Tluwalia, who is uh, the CEO of Higher Health. Um, We're still coming to you live, of course, from the Bertrud Hotel in Boxburg at the inaugural Transforming Mentalities Summit. How can we solve gender-based violence in South Africa? Today's gathering is hosted by Higher Health in collaboration with the Human Sciences Research Council on behalf of Higher Education Science and the Innovation Department. And the prof is now joining us right here at our makeshift studio. Prof, good uh, afternoon. Thank you so much for, for making time for us, the importance of the summit taking place. But what do the stats tell us about what's happening I- in higher education? Definitely,
1: uh, uh, Eldrin. Uh, definitely, Eldrin. This is a, a huge challenge, and that's why the summit was needed. It's a it's a call for action in, in reality. Um, data, science, everything projects towards... If you look at um, the the sex for marks, sex for education, sex for work, um, issues of gender-based violence on our campuses, you know these are young lives that leave their parents and guardians. They enter into our institutions and they are subjected to um, these massive challenges. You know, MRC says ten percent of the total rape reported cases in the entire country comes from higher education but these it are only re- sorry 10? 10 10% percent 10% 10 percent. of the total reported cases but we also must know that only one in 10 young women report actually or young w- or, or survivors yeah. or victims of GBV report so the the importance of education empowerment uh, finding solutions of uh, of how we increase reporting number one importantly the trust that they should have on the system, that if they are reporting, they will get justice. So the whole journey of a survivor at the campus, um, and these are the protocols that we released today and we discussing about them, which is procedural guidelines of how to handle a case of GBV on campus. So a journey of a survivor, should she or he or she be raped on the campus or sexually violated or or experience any kinds of violence, how we secure the evidence. the, the comfort room, uh, the psychosocial assistance that is immediately. How the, we take it to the South African police service, our partnership with National Prosecuting Authority, and disciplinary tribunals that we have to establish in our institutions, which we have started establishing, which are non-management biased, non-gender um, biased, non-staff um, biased or academic biased, which is important to make corrective decisions because we can make some um, quick decisions to um to bring perpetrators to practice you yeah. know to to stop their uh, to the to the things that we ha- that has been brought through evidence to us you know mm-hmm. while the legislative requirements take place and the reality is the majority of data if you look at the legislative data the looking at the the data in the po- uh, in the police uh, reforming systems the data is that men are one of the biggest reasons of gender based violence and if they are, then they need to be part of the solution. So I think transforming mentality speaks to the biggest cause yep. of GBV. And if we don't tackle the problems head-on from the reasons where it originates, then we are failing the whole pandemic or epidemic of gender-based yep. violence.
0: And some of that research is actually being done in that space itself—the yes. um, space of uh, the space of higher education. So, so, so the ap- it seems as though that the approach is more around the the, the student in higher education. But what about the staff members in higher education as well? And recently there was this report around um, Professor Tawano Kupe and the University of Pretoria saying that Professor Adam Habib did not inform them of the sexual harassment case against uh, Professor Kupe. How then does higher health approach something like that that says that um, what are the minimum standards that should be met?
1: absolutely i think um, um we that is why there are a number of work that's that's happening now which which is waking up to the realities that happens in our system and um, the first is uh, 2020 was historic for us because we launched our gbv policy because first government department the entire african continent to launch which means it starts putting kpas to all the council chairs who are um, regulating the vice chancellors? who are who are the line managers of the line vice chancellors? Similarly, vice chancellors are putting KPIs to the DVCs, and it goes down. Uh, if we put it into the key performance areas uh, um, of of reporting, monitoring, and evaluation mechanisms, uh, it has also now um, got into the phases where each institution has to have mandatory policy, investment program, and show us results of, of of systems that they are putting into into into. Understanding gender based violence so obviously um, i don't want to comment on a particular case yep. that you have just said because it's un- it's going through its inquiry and and results should come out but this is a, a, ca- a case of many more academics and many more staff members that are challenged or are known to be perpetrators if mm. they are and and the aim is we are linking our systems to the uh, to the national prosecuting authority disciplinary systems which is uh, the, the 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 national register so that employments workforce we check into details of who we are employing these are important call that have been made by uh, all the the students by yeah. the the governing councils by the st- by the by the staff management. So so we are now going to take. We not only now going to. We are actually taking action into it. So,
0: but but is there a minimum requirement that if there is a case of a gender based violence or sexual harassment and so forth, even though there hasn't been a criminal matter, mm-hmm. um, that that matter must be escalated and it should be. I don't know if it's made public, but who is that matter then reported to?
1: So. Uh, so we, we've got many protocols. So One of the protocol is called a protocol on build, establishing a responsible office. Every institution in South Africa in higher education or post-school education has to have a responsible office. A responsible office which bestows with powers around ha- on every case of gender based violence it goes right to whistleblowing it goes to how to protect whistleblowers how to protect survivors and victims who actually take the courage to, because a human life that takes courage to report and then also investigating the entire mechanism that goes hand in hand with the legislative or the criminal justice system which is the npa or the south african police service so how does evidence get stored how does a survivor is protected and how do a non- non-biased mechanism of disciplinary tribunal takes place. And once proven, it goes straight into the national register, which means any other employer needs to, cannot employ, should this be already entering into the national register because national register's mechanism is to in- alert any employer to not employ people who are already uh, been proven perpetrators or or acts of gender-based violence or doing sex for marks and sex for education.
0: Thank you so much for your time. That is Professor Ramnik uh, Hluwali, uh, Hluwalia, rather, who is the CEO of Higher Health. It's a minute after five o'clock. Time for the news.